Imagine running a successful business. Then you and your business partner get invited to do a big investment pitch. So uh, I said, okay, fine. I can do the pre-pitch and we'll be uh, invited anyway because we have an amazing story. <laughs> and we're really good on TV, so uh, this is fine. Oh yeah, did we mention the pitch was on national television? And we did the pre-pitch and I had the, 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 the biggest... Um, a blackout ever so I, literally no words came out of my mouth yeah that happened a unique opportunity for you and your company and you black out on national television what do you do next powered by molly this is moment of growth a show about entrepreneurs and that specific moment in time when they felt like their company was really taking off I'm Viviane Bendermacher, and in today's episode, we'll be talking about how Dutch entrepreneurs and siblings, Martijn and Floor van Roy, are disrupting the perfume industry. It's a story about crowdfunding, blackouts on national TV, and the scent of success. This is Parfumado's Moment of Growth. Somewhere in the heart of Amsterdam, the somewhat musty smell in a podcast studio is suddenly replaced with an explosion of delicious smells. The Dutch entrepreneurs Martijn and Floor van Roy have just walked in the door, but their perfume made it in first. I'm wearing Molecule 01, which is a very nice niche fragrance. It's actually based on one zero molecule. It makes the fragrance very, well different than, uh, than than other perfumes because every perfume is based on loads of components and this one's actually based on one single molecule. I'm wearing FR18 from Another and that's also a very small niche brand. I really like it. It's a sort of flowery scent. Not so famous for the big uh, public. Before we dive into their business, let's start with a trip back to their childhood. Martijn and Floor's parents were both dentists with their own practice. Martijn was the youngest of four. He has three older sisters, including Floor. So everybody always said, oh, that must be a pity for you. But in the practice, uh, he did never had to clean one day in his life. And we always brought him and my dad like yogurt to the TV room <laughs> when they were watching like yeah. football and stuff. So. Yeah, I, I think I had a I had a good childhood. Martijn was quite the little diva. Yeah, I was a diva. Yeah, I was also their makeup uh, <laughs> tutorial tool, so they they could do their thing with my mom's makeup, and I was there uh, watching. Yeah. As Floor and Martijn grew up, both developed their own personal aesthetic for beautiful brands and products. For Floor, that led to a career as a brand creation manager at a well-known Dutch retailer. For Martijn, it meant the start of a career in the perfume industry, a match made in heaven. Perfume has such a high level of aesthetics and, and, and branding and, and marketing uh, behind it um, that if you start working in the scene and you see that straight away and then you fall in love with the industry very easily. So. But as much as he loves it, the perfume industry is far from innovative at least when it comes to the retail side. Let's say you want to buy a new fragrance. What do you do? Probably head to a brick and mortar store, right? Because hey, you can't smell a new fragrance online. In person, you can smell a scent sample and make your choice. Let's say you buy your brand new perfume for 50 euros or more if it's a well-known brand. 
only to find out at home that the scent doesn't smell as good on your skin as you thought it would. But hey, it was an expensive bottle, so you are going to use it anyways. Already excited about buying your next perfume? Probably not. So Martijn van Roy, then just 27, decided to shake things up a bit. At that time, he was working for a niche perfume brand called Ivra 1958. Um, and uh, the brand wasn't founded yet, so um, I always wanted to become an entrepreneur. And I really I got the chance to start working for, for that brand that didn't launch yet. So it was sort of a startup. Uh, well, it actually was. Um, and um, yeah, that was my inter- introduction in the, in the scene. I was uh, responsible for business development and, and, and realizing distribution throughout Europe for the brand. Um, and also the on- well, in charge of the online sales and the website. And they only had one guy that, that managed the brand and that was me. Um, for me, it was a great and fun adventure and uh, something that I really always wanted. Yeah, and like I said, I fell in love with the industry straight away. There's so much branding and marketing and storytelling behind every product. And it's really basically just, you know, water with a nice smell. So it makes, yeah, the product itself make the product itself makes people very happy uh, during the day and throughout the day. It makes people turn their heads. And yeah, that, that's what I found sort of intriguing and inspiring and etc. Yeah. So he was really happy with his job, but still he came up with a plan all on his own. He didn't share it with his co-shareholders at all. Because did I mention that Martijn actually was one of the shareholders in Ivra 1958? But it didn't really feel like it was the... It never really felt like it was. I was actually owning the company. Because I think the, the guys who started the company were a lot older than me. I was really... Um, I don't know. It's hard to explain why I didn't feel owner. But... Um, I was always looking at online businesses and online innovation and startups, and I was just checking out every website in the US, uh, in Asia for online innovation in all different industries to, uh, yeah, to, to one day start a startup myself um, in, in, in any industry. And um, somehow uh, I think launching that brand with all the old guys who, who really didn't have the same drive, who just wanted to create a nice fragrance and... Well, as simple as that, to keep it at that, I guess. I, I don't think there was the same level of ambition or anything without being too harsh on them. <laughs> the plan Martijn came up with had everything to do with the experience he'd gained while working for Ivra 1958. Everyone immediately loved the niche perfume, but there were two problems. So, um, but the fragrance itself is 150 euros in retail. It's very hard to find in retail because all my friends loved it when I wore it. Um, but and but they all said, where do I buy the product? And I showed them the website, of course. And still, 150 euros is a, is a big investment for a fragrance uh, if you are 25, 26 years old. So that was really a pain point that I that I saw and that I realized. Okay, so my friends really love the fragrance, but they cannot find it in retail because it's very exclusive. It's also very expensive. There is not no solution for trying out a fragrance without having to commit to the full size bottle for the very large sum of money or the 150 euros so that made me realize there is there is a pain point in the industry there and um, i saw very interesting concepts in the u.s rising in fragrance sampling and uh, i was checking out well as i said startup websites uh, ever since i was 16 i guess because i wanted to become an entrepreneur one day so i think those 
things came together when I was working for the brand, having difficulties with product sampling, and then, okay, there is something that I have to do with this. And so he started working on his master plan. What if he could create a subscription service where you receive an 8 milliliter fragrance sample delivered to your doorstep every month? So you have four sprays a day during 30 days. So it's really a monthly supply in a monthly subscription. Exactly. That could solve the two pain points he'd identified. Too expensive a purchase price for a full-size bottle and being unable to find some fragrances in brick and mortar stores. He decided not to share the idea with his co-owners just yet. If I need help, then I want to go to people with a fixed idea that's really written out for 100% and not with just the idea in my head. But one person he did share the idea with was his sister. He would who would share it with us, with his family. So he checked like, what do you think of this idea? I had to check with my girlfriends and he had some visuals already and we had to choose what appealed to us most. We, we had to think about the company name. So Parfumado, there were also different types of, of names I recall, like Scent Supply or... Yeah, that was yeah. difficult with Suit Supply <laughs> in <laughs> the same city. Yeah, and Parfumado, it, I remember that it co- was it, it, it uh, had the same feeling as Zalando. So we thought, yeah, okay, we had to think big. So that's a good name. And then... I, I, I remember that I wrote like the first uh, job that they, the first hire yeah, like the, the vacancy yeah yeah the first vacancy uh, Martijn he said okay can you write it and I was at my holiday address and I would write it for him for and an then, internship for an internship <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we were all very much involved so Martijn went online and googled like mad he found a supplier in China to make the eight milliliter glass files he needed. He found another supplier for the stainless steel travel case that would hold the glass files. He made some trial orders and after confirming that the suppliers were reliable and professional, he took the plunge. Then I went to the uh, owners of the fragrance brand that I was working for already, some of whom, some of whom are um, financially independent. So then I went to them and I said, hey, I have this great idea in the same industry. Um, um, and I think this this can really work. Uh, do you guys want to uh, want to help me out and well, make this idea uh, become uh, a very large company? And they actually liked the idea and invested a little bit of money. So there was nothing standing in Martijn's way. He started running some social media ads just to find out if people actually liked the idea of Parfumado just as much as his friends and family did. The copy was simple. All it did was invite people to experience brand perfumes for $14.95 a month and to change their perfume every month. It turned out to be a success. And according to Martijn, that was Parfumado's first moment of growth. That moment, he was convinced his idea would actually change the perfume industry. I, I remember that I was on a city trip with my dad and I and that was in the super beginning and I... He, he just mentioned it uh, yesterday that he said, I remember that you said, wow, two ne- two new subs- uh, 10 new subscribers now. And then one, uh, uh, one hour later it was, wow, Dad, it's already 20 new subscribers. And then we were all really surprised when like the first uh, customers from all of the Netherlands would just, uh, yeah, take a subscription. And we were like amazed that it was like, yeah, it was right away like 25 a day. Although Parfumado was off to a great start, the startup life is never smooth sailing. 
When his social ads were seeing some success, Martijn was still more or less by himself. To make Parfumado a success, he was desperate for more money than he already had in it, which was all his savings. But before he could go to an investor, he wanted to prove that the market was ready for his idea, that finding even more subscribers wouldn't be a problem. So we started a crowdfunding campaign, but that wasn't exactly an easy decision. A, d- a difficult choice that, choice that you have to make uh, when you're at quite a young age and you don't really have uh, money on your bank account is that yeah, for to, to you know to create such a crowdfunding campaign or to go to make it go live and to be uh, to be um, well to be active with the campaign, you have to prove that you're at least good for half of the money that you want to raise and. Um, well, then you have to be very creative and you have to be, yeah, and then you, you just sign a very official document and they just say, okay, uh, if it goes wrong, people can get me for 75K. And there are more moments uh, like that, that you have to be, that you have to <laughs> have to take it. Yeah, that risk. you just have to have to take a big so risk. how did you do that? Friends and family? Or no, I think, I think. First no, time. no, it's it's no, 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 no. It's uh, it's really that you sign a document for yourself. So if it goes wrong, they j- can go after you for all your belongings. Um, and if you don't have the the money in 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 euros, in, in my case, then they can go after other stuff. So uh, your, your couch, your house, whatever. Yeah. So it's it's. Um, Did yeah. you still sleep back then? Yeah, yeah. Th- I think that's a big advantage that I have. Um, is that I I can. I, I really don't feel or think about those big decisions at all when I go to bed, no. Fortunately for Martijn, he didn't need to put in any sleepless nights. I, I just uh, figured, uh, let's let's try it out. Um, so we raised 175k. It's actually a funny story because <clears throat> the, the road towards um, being live with your campaign is quite long. It takes about two or three months. But then when we went live, it was funded within... Two and a half minutes. Yeah, two and a half minutes. That was crazy. Yeah, it was a record. Yeah. Yeah. D- do you still remember what your pitch was back then? <laughs> what uh, was so successful? Yeah, I, about was that pitch? I was in my swimming pants. I was in my swimming pants on the beach. <laughs> no, is no, that's a, very arrogant. Is that a joke? No, that's a joke. It's a bad joke. Oh. Um, no, I think the pitch was um, the pitch was it was a video of the concept and we of course we had realized thousands uh, thousand subscribers active within the first five months of being active or something so the pitch was based on results already very good and we showed okay so this is what we want to, yeah I, I don't know I, people just they they just liked it straight away and what what, what was nice about um, the, the crowdfund campaign is that you have sort of Co-owners, well, they did, they, they are just loaning. Uh, how do you say? They they provide a debt, so they're not they're not owners, but they feel like sort of owners. So you have like hundreds of new brand ambassadors straight away. So they all bought gift cards and they started subscriptions also at the same time. So it was it was actually a great moment. Yeah. Moment of Growth is powered by Mali. Mali, the founders of growth. Their solutions simplify complex financial services, letting you focus on growing your business. Because Mali believes payments should be effortless and growth should be for everyone. Mali, the founders of growth. Visit mali.com for effortless payments.
It was also the moment Floor decided to join the business. She was already very involved with Parfumado at the time and, to be honest, she was even a bit jealous of Martijn. The freedom he had as an entrepreneur, but also the opportunities and responsibilities. She wanted that too. It was even worth the 200% salary drop. I really believed in the concept. So at a, at a time I said, okay, I maybe can uh, join you on an interim base so I can uh, help you out for half a year. He was at the time, he just um, raised money. So through the um, crowdfund campaign. Yeah, campaign. So there was some money to pay me um, and I could do like six months uh, sort of try out. And I just said, okay, I quit my job and I uh, take this adventure. And when I, w- when it's not working between us, I can always ha- have a really nice intern, uh, like, yeah, job ev- uh, somewhere else. Interim. So, interim, yeah. yeah. So, so I started working and I, I remember that I visited uh, you at the Kaisersgracht. Yeah. We were in this really nice uh, building and a big garden where you it could play. It was a co-working space, by the way. It wasn't uh, the nice office from <laughs> the start. Because of the foreign uh, listeners, the Kaisersgracht is quite an expensive street yeah. in Amsterdam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a nice spot to start, yeah, yeah for sure. It was actually, sorry to interrupt no. your story, but it was actually the office of Ivra 1958, the brand that I was working for. So <laughs> some other people were paying for the uh, <laughs> for the office that we were. So there in the co-working space in the heart of Amsterdam, that's where the adventure started for Martijn and Floor as business partners. It turned out to be the perfect move. Floor had a lot to bring to the company. So so when I came, they didn't have like meetings or a shared calendar of all the things that I was used to uh, at a corporate company. So I could really easily uh, yeah, add something to the company. And at first, Martijn asked me, from, okay, where are you good at? And I was like, I don't know. But soon, I think we both noticed that I was good at different things than he was. So it was really easy to work together. Like he gave me all the stuff that he didn't like and I liked it. So more the structured way of working. And when he has an idea and I will, I'm like, okay, how can we get it to action, you know, and let it be sustainable. Uh. It worked. But as the company continued to grow, the need for new investment quickly resurfaced. The money ran out. Floor wanted to bet on a traditional investor instead of a crowdfunding campaign. And they quickly found two interested potential investors. So at the first time we were very happy, like two uh, potential investors want to invest. But then after months of like delivering details about your company uh, in a phase where, where you're running sort of a bit out of money. So you you have no, not a lot of marketing spent to, to uh, yeah, like accelerate your growth. And then after a couple of months, we, we just didn't, uh, came to agreement and then we ha- we were entering the phase okay we have to raise money again but we didn't want to go for an investment anymore no I, yeah exactly so we we were just out of cash for about four or five months how so did that you was, feel back then what what were your conversations like the, yeah and i was i was actually going to <laughs> i was getting married at the end of the <laughs> i was uh yeah i was getting married at the end of the 
of the negotiations and the due diligence that in the end didn't go through. So uh, a couple of days later, I I married. So that was that was one of the toughest toughest challenges or moments that that I experienced throughout this journey. And what was your wife thinking about it? I think uh, then those are the moments that you realize that you have a very good wife if she's supportive <laughs> and uh, treating you I right. I think we were we are always quite optimistic, so we are always thinking and okay, well, we fixed it, we fixed it, and also with this, we were like, okay, this this we don't get it to an agreement. Okay, the next one we will, and we work even harder to to realize it. And yeah, and also I think that we have. In our heads, okay, so it's their loss. <laughs> so, um, fine. And they were eventually fine. Because fast forward a little, that year they were on the TV show Dragon's Den. It may seem like a massive honor and a huge opportunity, but participating in a program like Dragon's Den is not for the faint of heart. The jury could easily hate your idea. Can you imagine what a risk of failure that would be? Or what if the jury thinks it's a good idea in itself, but no one decides to invest. You can't mention your company name on air, so it won't really drive traffic to your website or attract another investor. But after careful consideration, they decided to go for it anyway. Because remember, we're talking about the ever optimistic brother and sister here. And Martijn was bursting with self-confidence. So um, I said, okay, fine, I can do the pre-pitch and we'll be uh, invited anyway because we have an amazing story. <laughs> and we're really good on TV, so uh, this is fine. And boy, was he wrong. Completely overwhelmed by the many cameras, the studio lamps, the strict pre-pitch jury, the usually so confident Martijn completely blanked. Literally no words came out of my mouth, <laughs> standing in front of a sort of a fake jury. So they were like, okay, well. Luckily for Martijn, Floor, who was on the sidelines, didn't hesitate for a second and jumped in to take over the pitch. That definitely was not in her comfort zone. Floor normally prefers to stay in the background. And because it was like more, I helped him out. So for me, it wasn't like performing or anything. I was just, okay, if you don't tell the story, I will. And then they said afterwards, okay, you, you can, you're through, but you have to do it together as a brother and sister. I, we like Yeah, it. that was their you know? one condition. <laughs> it's fine, you're invited, but you have to do it together. <laughs> And that was Flora's Cinderella moment. She was in the spotlight. <laughs> and so they did. They pitched Parfumado together. And unlike the pre-pitch, for the real deal, they decided to prepare. They practiced and practiced, were even coached by a pitch professional, and it worked. The investor they eventually teamed up with was excited straight away. He immediately said, oh, you're really not, you're really good. And we needed that to hear that. So we, we knew right away, okay, this is good. You know, now we can just ask, uh, yeah, answer questions. But the, the vibe was like very positive. And that was a big, for us, that support made yeah, us grow. That was a huge during. booster. Their participation led to a 300,000 euro investment. So it was a success. But maybe too much of a success because all the attention the show brought them led to a tidal wave of traffic that actually broke the website. Uh, so uh, that was interesting to experience, also a bummer. We also got very mad uh, at our developers <laughs> who got fired straight away. <laughs> okay, that was a joke. No developers were harmed or fired during the episode of Dragon's Den. Although Dragon's Den was a very important milestone for Parfumado, it helped him grow the company faster, 
Martijn and Floor don't really see it as the second moment of growth. Nope, the second and most recent moment of growth actually had a very sad cause. It was the corona pandemic. Because of the lockdown in the Netherlands, people couldn't go to a retailer to buy new perfume. And of course, finding new fragrances online without the option of trying out a sample size first is difficult. But that's where Parfumado comes in. Thanks to a clever bit of marketing, it's easy for new customers to find them. In less than three months, we experienced more than 100% growth of our entire base. So we went from an X amount of subscribers to, uh, and uh, yeah, a d- d- yeah, like we doubled it. So um, that was really crazy. Aren't you afraid that they are only temporary customers? Customers who are only ordering from Parfumada because they can't go to a retailer? This one is re- what we think is here to stay because people... Uh, from all layers of the uh, society are um, getting used to shopping fragrances online because they are forced to. Um, also, uh, shopping online is is now uh, it, it's here to stay. And there he is again, the ever-confident Martijn. And he just might be right. Maybe a service like Parfumado is exactly what people need during a crisis. A hint of positivity, a little gift for yourself with the convenience of online shopping. But it's not just consumers who are taking an interest in Parfumado. Perfume brands can also take advantage of it. We found out after a year or one and a half year that we're gathering so many data points of consumers. So for example, we uh, every consumer, every subscriber on our platform, or you don't have to be a subscriber actually, uh, but takes a perfume quiz. And um, at the end of that perfume quiz, you, the, the customer uh, sees his unique scent profile. So that can be floral, woody, um, with three f- fragrances that we, that we recommend. But we collect all those data points. And you can imagine, of course, that after a while, with, crea- with doing that on a, on a very large basis, um, you have so many data points that brands want to uh, or see opportunities with those data points and um, the industry is so uh, con- well sort of traditional and uh, conservative that having online data points of of people with their scent profiles that's 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 really our our that turned out to be our unique USB um, so that that is the answer to your question it really the model the the, the unique business model behind it actually st- it went from a subscription model to sort of more of a data marketing platform for brands. That uh, insight was really valuable because afterwards we uh, had our focus also on, on convincing brands that we could offer them uh, a lot of uh, value. And, and that's when we uh, started sharing data. That's how Martijn and Floor shifted their focus from just a subscription model for consumers to a data marketing platform for brands. In fact, they launched a sister company called Rocket Campaigns. So we make sure that, for example, if you would love a citrus floral scent, uh, we can assure a brand, okay, we will ship 5,000 perfume samples into the hands of floral citrus scent lovers, females. And uh, afterwards, we will send a post-sample survey. So we ask uh, all those samplers how they experience the perfume and we offer them to buy the full-size product again so uh, that way uh, we are sort of innovative because before in the when you would go to a retailer you would receive a sample and you and, and the brand would never know if you loved it or liked it or bought it and now we can 
really present those results. So they can run targeted sampling campaigns with a maximum ROE, so return on investment. And before you ask, no, Martijn and Floor are not afraid that offering full-size bottles will cannibalize their subscription model. Quite the opposite. As the data proves, customers will stay with them for an average of eight months. Offering full-size bottles and letting brands pay for targeting sampling campaigns might actually be the best upsell. The icing on the business model cake. So uh, by that, I th- I also foresee a future in which we, in our subscription, we add more interesting products than only just fragrances. Um, so we we did a pilot already with uh, for 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 long time members to change their subscription also with a full size beauty product. So you get to experience um, a very exclusive uh, day cream for fourteen euros ninety five. That's usually like thirty or thirty five euros in retail, um, and you just receive it at your doorstep as well. But you have a full size product, and that test or or pilot went really well. Um, so. Yeah, there's a lot a lot of pos- possibilities with this model slash concept. It's an insight that might just be the next moment of growth for Martijn and Floor. Yeah, for sure. And by that, uh, I think it is our goal to create, well, the lar- largest data-driven marketing platform for beauty brands. Only time will tell. Feeling inspired by Parfumado's story? Well, I am. It proves that if you're confident enough about your own idea... You should just go for it and never be afraid to rethink stuff, dare to pivot, just like Flora Martijn did. Sure, Startup Road is bumpy, but it's also full of opportunities. You just need to identify them. However, the most important takeaway of this story, Martijn and Flora thought they were launching a subscription service for fragrances. But what they actually created turned out to be even more valuable, a data-driven marketing platform. In the end... Perfume is just a product. It's the data that will make Parfumado an international success. For now, Flora and Martijn are mainly focusing on their current growth. And of course, which fragrance they will be wearing next month. I always switch uh, Molecules uh, 01. That's my favorite. That's one you're wearing. Yeah, that's a unisex yeah. uh, fragrance, Aha. so that's allowed. We have similar taste. Yeah, yeah, we do. And that was the story of Parfumado, an inspiring tale with a scent of success. We do have the nicest smelling office (laughs) in Europe, I'm quite sure. This was Moment of Growth, a show created by Molly and presented by me, Viviane Bendelmacher. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for new episodes.